ladies and gentlemen. It's about that time. It's time to crush your fantasy football league. Grab yourself a drink and get ready. Because it's time. It's time to get that Dynasty Buzz. Already a few drinks deep in the Roto Lounge tonight. So don't be offended. It's your host, Brad Starks. What's up? What's up? What's up? I'm glad to be back. Been spending a lot of time with the family. This presidential election's got my attention all the way turned up. But it is Friday night. I'm in the lounge. And I'm ready to talk some dynasty fantasy football. Listen, if you're not following me already, follow me at this podcast Twitter directory that is at Dynasty Buzz. You can find me at the main the main Twitter account at Roto Lounge. And listen, man, I need you guys to give me a review. I don't think that the Dynasty Buzz has gotten even one review yet. Let me check. And I know that there's multiple of you coming back to listen. So give me two minutes of your time and read, give me a review. Okay, I got two ratings, but I don't have any reviews. Nobody tell me what they like, what they don't like. Listen, if you'll give me a review, give me a review. I will read it on the podcast and give you a shout out. Every podcast, I'll open looking at if I got any new reviews. If I did, I'll give you a shout out. For real though, take time, man. Give me a review. Let me hear what's going on. I'm going to drop this podcast on the Roto Lounge probably once a month. And then every episode throughout that month will be on the Dynasty Buzz podcast because I want you guys to subscribe to both. But enough about me. Let's talk about what we're going to drink tonight. The other day I posted a picture. I was getting some ciders from the store. And I, I sent a picture out on Twitter. Some ciders. Uh, and I got a request to try one of these ciders. And it's for all you cider drinkers out there. Or non-cider drinkers I should say. Uh... You know, it's this dry, sweet, alcoholic beverage. Kind of resembles beer. I mean, I, I, I normally have them uh, in my Black Velvets, which is half Guinness and half Strongbow cider. So I'm familiar with ciders, but, you know, my wife got some the other day <clears throat> and I was, you know, trying. Like, Man, these are pretty good. So now I'm going to be out and I'm going to try several different ones. And I, I found this one and it's, it's called Blake's. Hard cider, El Chavo. It's mango and habanero, and uh, several people said it was delicious. Uh, so I got a, a request to try it. 
Um, so let's talk about where this beauty came from. Uh, Blake's Hard Cider. It's a farm in Michigan, right? Offer, offering craft cider. Uh, they've been doing it for several years. Looks like 50 years or so. I think 2000. Well, they've been harvesting apples. Uh, in 2013, I think one of the grandsons decided they wanted to do hard cider. Um, and it's made apparently with 100% Michigan apples. All right. What they say separates them is they have a five apple blend. Um, they say they perfected the five apple blend, creating a cider base that is truly derived from their backyard. Uh, it also says almost half the sugar of the national leading ciders and all natural gluten-free. Okay, well, so let's look at what we're drinking tonight. The uh, El Chavo Mango Habanero. Uh, and it says that this bad boy here, they have a scale from dry to sweet. Dry being a one, sweet being a two, three, four, five, six, seven. So there's little notches in between. The dry being the lowest, sweet being the highest, and this scores a five out of seven uh, going up to sweet. So I'm interested to see. It, it basically says that it uh, this is made with sweet heat of habanero pepper mango and our famous Blake five apple blend. All right. It also says it pairs perfect with tequila. All right. Let's give her a try before we get into this Dynasty podcast. Mm. Wow. That is different out of the can. It So it, it hits you like if you ever had an apple cider, it hits you like you're drinking an apple cider. And then it's a rush of almost like you, you know, you the remnants of a pepper that if you ate a pepper in like your taco or something and it rushes through. And then at the end, it's it's sweet. It brings on some sweetness. So it kind of washes the the habanero pepper down. Let's try this again out of the glass. Man, this is good stuff right here. Wow. Man, see, I could get into some ciders, man. And if you're if you're not a cider fan, you never had a cider fan. It's it reminds me of beer. It's carbonated, right? It's blonde colored, um, and, and and you know it just has that that similarity to beer. But I don't I don't believe it's beer. I don't. It's just you know apple cider. And it's uh, let's see what the the ABV is on here. Six and a half percent. Wow. Alcohol by volume, six and a half percent. That's that's pretty high. So, you know, it's carbonated cider, alcoholic drink. Try it. Uh, Blake's hard cider. No, I that's not an advertisement at all, but maybe I should get paid. Anyways, on tonight's episode of the Dynasty Buzz, Matt Miller of Bleacher Report head scout over at Bleacher Report, released his mock draft for the 2021 
first round of the NFL draft. And what I thought would be a cool idea is if I looked at who he has going to what teams and how that might affect our dynasty leagues. Like, you know, if it's a quarterback, how would it affect the receivers on the team? If it's a receiver, how does it affect the quarterback and the running back? You know, if it's a running back, how does it affect the team around it or maybe a running back you have on that team? So I thought it'd be a nice exercise that, you know, we'll just look at what he says and we'll talk about those prospects. And, you know, it's early in the in the the prospect scouting season right now, especially for me, you know, I typically don't even uh, break down players until after the, the Super Bowl. You know, I'll watch occasional games on TV, uh, but mostly I just try to DVR. I have direct TV, so I get a lot of sports channels. I DVR as many games as I can. You know, and then as I, I go through mock drafts and I see the top prospects, you know, I'll go back and I'll research and see what players uh, are coming in and, and how I feel like uh, they're going to stack up at the NFL level. Uh, you know, and then I'll go position by position. So I'll look at all the incoming running backs. Uh, once I go through, you know, all the big names, then I'll go through all the running backs and all the receivers and quarterbacks and tight ends and et cetera uh, and try to break them down to really give us the best possible uh, chance at drafting the best players in the class. So right now, it, it, you know, it's, it's it's creeping in on Thanksgiving, November. Typically by now, the NFL draft uh, process with, you know, team scouts uh, and their draft departments, typically they're like, you know, headfirst into uh, evaluating these prospects. And obviously with the, co you know, the coronavirus, you know, it's really delayed everything. Uh, you know, some seasons haven't even began or, or they're just beginning, um, you know, and, and so some players haven't even been, you know, able to ha have any type of tape on them, you know, and then the strict uh, protocols, you know, that, that these teams have as far as like can scouts come to visit, you know, or, you know, do they have to quarantine before they come, you know, how close can they get to prospects, the interview process, uh, you know, in some some schools, you can't even, you know, get in. So it's going to be very different this year as far as evaluating prospects, not only from from our point of view, but from the NFL's point of view and trying to get close to players. Uh, so I think that this class is going to be all about what's on tape. So you're really going to hear on Twitter a lot of the tape grinders uh you know, saying that you have to trust their process because the data guys are not going to have the production on the field that they want. There's There's been so many times of one-hit wonders in college, two-hit wonders in college, you know, and this season's kind of a wash, and any, any player that maybe, you know, didn't decide to play this season, you're going to go based on their film. So it's, it's all about film this year. Uh People are going to to uh, look at the data models a little differently, try to probably project a little more just to have a better understanding of what you're looking at, uh, especially if someone only had one year of college production. Uh, it's really going to be tough to evaluate using just data. Uh, and we can get into that. I'll get into that way down the road when we get into breaking down the draft prospects. Um but I just want to do something really quick, you know, based on Matt Miller's, you know, his first 
uh, mock draft of the season. Um, but a few things that I do know in this year's class is going to be quarterbacks, and we'll get into that. And it's going to be another um, nice crop of wide receivers that we're going to be able to build our dynasty teams around uh, core players that are going to be a great addition to our dynasty teams. And there's not really a lot of defensive players this year, like studs. So you're going to see probably a lot of skill position players go in the first round or in the second round because it's really a year of offensive players. Um, I don't think that there's going to be very many stud running backs, big name running backs. Obviously, we're going to have plenty of value to look at players drafted, you know, in the third round, fourth round. Uh, that can really help our dynasty team and maybe even surprise a lot of NFL scouts due to the the lack of um, working players out. But there is the one player in this class, Trevor Lawrence, the darling of the class, the hands down unanimous number one pick in the in the draft, uh, and we'll get into him. But there's also you know four other quarterbacks that could probably be first round picks this year. Um, because there's going to be a lot of NFL teams looking for quarterbacks. You know, we, you talk about the the Jets, which most likely could get the first pick. Teams like the Jaguars. Uh, someone said that I say the, the Jag, Jaguars wrong. I said the Jaguars. I don't know how I say it, Jaguars. Um, anyways, the Jags, they need a quarterback. Uh, the Redskins, they can't continue to go with Kyle Allen. Again, if they're, these teams are in positions to draft one of the top five quarterbacks, uh, most likely they do it. Uh, then there's teams with just old quarterbacks that need you know, a future quarterback uh, to kind of carry the reins for the next 10, 15 years. You're looking at the Colts with Phillip Rivers. You know, I know they drafted Jacob Eason last season, uh, but that was in like the fifth round. So if they have a chance to get a first-round quarterback, maybe you take that chance. Uh, teams like Chicago, Nick Foles is getting old. Trubisky's probably on his way out. Uh, the Steelers with, uh, you know, Big Ben, uh, if they have a chance to get a top quarterback, I mean, they're they're undefeated right now, so you, you don't think so, um, but you never know. Uh, New Orleans Saints, right? Drew Brees, uh, he, he's on his last legs. Taysom Hill's not the answer. Jameis Winston is not the answer. You know, if the Saints somehow fall apart this year or – they're in position to move up to get a quarterback uh, next year. Maybe they do that, get a franchise quarterback. That could be the face of the Saints. And then a surprise team, maybe the Atlanta Falcons. You know, Matt Ryan kind of taking a nosedive this season. Uh, you know, I, I've noticed on tape already a lot of, you know, missed opportunities, some wide open receivers that he's just not seeing. Uh, maybe the Falcons say, look, we have a chance at – one of the top quarterbacks in the draft, and we're we're gonna we're gonna go that route. You know, a lot of teams uh, or a lot of fans bash the the Packers for for taking Jordan Love. You know, and the Packers had to move up for Jordan Love. But if you have a quarterback that you have ranked, you know, you know, as a franchise level quarterback, you make that move, you secure his rights, and then you figure out what to do next. But you don't take a guy who might not pan out defensive back or defensive lineman, um, you know, that are dime a dozen uh, at the end of the first when you have a chance that maybe getting a top quarterback in the draft. So you can't knock the Packers and then Aaron Rodgers comes out and he has a career year. You can't knock the Packers for the process, right? You hear that 
trust your process. Trust your process, not the results. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers had a you know an off season last year, and uh, they draft a, a franchise quarterback, and then Aaron Rodgers flips the switch, you know, and turns back into the old Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, you never know what's going to happen, but you got to shoot your shot. And, and the Packers, they 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 shot their shot. So, it is what it is. Um, but let's talk about the draft, right? This draft class is going to revolve around Trevor Lawrence. Uh, he's going to be the hands-down number one pick. Uh, you know, I said it's going to be probably a good class for quarterbacks, you know, but Trevor Lawrence is by far the best uh, prospect that plays the quarterback position since Andrew Luck. And even before Andrew Luck, maybe Peyton Manning. He, he's not heralded like Manning because he doesn't have, you know, Archie Manning and, and a brother Eli Manning and, and this this bloodline of um, you know his dad being an NFL quarterback. But Trevor Lawrence is just as talented of an athlete that Peyton Manning was. Um, but again, he didn't get the hype of the bloodline. Um, you know, having Archie Manning as your father, uh, and then really you know, being that good of a quarterback. But the first time I saw Trevor Lawrence was when he was a junior in high school. Uh, uh, Trent Dilfer had a show, the Elite 11, that was on the NFL Network. And, you know, they brought in, I think, 30 of the top high school junior quarterbacks. Uh, and they, they narrowed it down to 11 of the top quarterbacks in the class. You know, at that point, Trevor Lawrence was identified as possibly the the number one quarterback in his class, uh, and then the uh, the guy who was nipping at his heels was uh, Justin Fields. Uh, he was in a high school in Georgia, and what this show did was it, it showed these kids. They went through all these drills. Trent Dilfer had a team of coaches. Uh, they interviewed the the players. It was almost like a reality show. You can probably find it somewhere um, online, but. You know, they talk to these players, and, and Trevor Lawrence has this competitive drive that, you know, you see that in special quarterbacks. You know, I had an opportunity to play the quarterback position, so I understand it. I understand what it takes to be successful, uh, and I can see that in certain players. And Trevor Lawrence has this competitive drive to want to be the best. He could not stand to get second in any drill. It was the, the most um, demoralizing um, part of the show for him anytime that he wouldn't get first place and get first place by a mile. Uh, but then Justin Fields and there were some other quarterbacks I don't recall, but I remember Fields and I remember Lawrence in that show. Uh, and and Justin Fields didn't have doesn't seem to have that competitive drive that Lawrence does. The almost the the obsessed. Uh, with winning and being number one he's just a very talented player a very confident player uh, and he ended up being the top quarterback in the elite 11 uh, Justin Fields uh, won that title and I think Lawrence was either second or third at the last time I think they did a seven on seven with the best defensive high school players playing defense and I think uh if I remember correctly, Justin Fields put on a, a show uh, and Trevor Lawrence kind of struggled a little bit. Uh, but they went on 
to college. Lawrence was the top quarterback uh, in the class. Uh, I, I believe, I, you know, I'll, I'll break down all this uh, once I break down each player. Uh, and Justin Fields, I don't know if he was the top or he was up there. Uh, and he went to Georgia. He didn't get any playing time at Georgia. Um, and, and he transferred to Ohio State. And he, he's going to be a stud. And I'll talk about him. And I'll talk about Trevor Lawrence. And I'm going to do my dynasty, top 10 dynasty quarterbacks that you want to have on your team for the next three to five years, seven years. Uh, and, and spoiler alert, Trevor Lawrence is going to be in the top 10 right off, right off the rip. Uh, and Justin Fields might surprise you because he might make my top 10 as well, uh, even before they've even stepped foot on an NFL football field. The only thing I'm worried about with Trevor Lawrence is if he goes to the New York Jets, okay? And in this draft, Matt Miller has the New York Jets with the number one pick. They select Trevor Lawrence. Uh, and there are certain quarterbacks that, that could probably be their talent can outshine their situation and the coaching staff and the organization. There are players like that, like Peyton Manning, uh, like Andrew Luck. Players that no matter how bad the organization is, no matter how bad the coaching staff is, these quarterbacks still perform at, at elite level because they can read the, the, t the field, uh, they can change the plays, uh, you know, they can make plays with their athletic ability, um, despite the talent around them, they're still successful. And I think Trevor Lawrence is that player. He is that talented player. He's a, a six foot six, 210 plus pound quarterback. Uh, he can make every throw at the NFL level. Uh, he can run the ball. He's very elusive. Um, I mean, he can scramble in the pocket. He can move around. He's got great field vision. Uh, he has great touch. I mean, he can just pick apart a defense. Uh, I don't believe he has ever lost a regular season football game. Uh, even going back to high school, I'm pretty sure in college he's never lost a game. I don't know if he lost in high school. Um, I don't think he has, but but he may have. But in college at Clemson, he's never lost a regular season game, and I believe his only loss is in the national title game against LSU last year uh, against Joe Burrow. Hands down, I think Trevor Lawrence is a far superior prospect than Joe Burrow. Uh, to me, it's not even close. Um, but if Trevor Lawrence goes to the New York Jets, uh, I think he goes from being the number one overall pick in every fantasy draft he's good enough to be even in single quarterback leagues super flex leagues without a doubt i believe trevor lawrence could be the best player in this draft uh when it's all said and done you know when you look at three five seven years down the line i think trevor lawrence is the best pick in this draft um if he does if he goes to the jets he might fall to number two to to the top running back in the class which is most likely going to be Najee harris uh, I don't think you take any of the receivers over Trevor Lawrence. I think he's the number two player in dynasty drafts, uh, even if he goes to the New York Jets. Uh, hopefully the New York Jets uh, revamp from the GM uh, on down. You can keep the GM. You just signed up, but get rid of Gase. Get rid of you know any of these other coaches. Uh, build a new culture there. The ownership is terrible in New York, but perhaps the GM can build something temporarily. Uh, and Trevor Lawrence can succeed uh, and be a very successful NFL quarterback. If, if Trevor Lawrence goes to somewhere like the Jags, 
um, or the Redskins. Um, you know, I think he's an easy top pick in, in even single quarterback leagues uh, to stash on your bench. Now, my opinion on that could definitely change uh, once I evaluate these prospects and kind of weigh the value because I'm very high on Justin Fields as well. Uh, and, and he could be the third player taken in, in our fantasy drafts. Uh, and we'll get to him when we see where he lands in this draft. According to this, the New York Giants are picking second. An offensive tackle, Panay Sewell, Sewell from Oregon. That would definitely help our Saquon Barkley shares. You know, when the uh, Giants opponents have no fear of the wide receivers or the quarterback. Uh, all they do is want to stack the box uh, and make Saquon beat them. Uh, Saquon's put a lot on his shoulders. He's been injured two years in a row, which is very disappointing. But if you're holding on to Saquon and you're not trading him uh, and, and you got him for his career, then this pick is excellent for, for his value, for your confidence in the Giants. They need, need to build an offensive line to, to be able to open holes for Saquon and and apparently this kid is is a monster. He's only 20 years old. Uh, he's Samoan. Uh, he's already won the Outland Trophy, uh, which is for you know one of the best tackles uh, in the college um, football landscape. Uh, and he won that as a sophomore. This kid is 6'6", 330 pounds at 20 years old. Um, plays for the Oregon Ducks. Uh, the Giants drafted Andrew Thomas, I think, in the first round last year. So they can move him from the left side to the the right side, uh, where I think that when he came out of Georgia, he was a better uh, right side player than left side player. Uh, so that would work well. The Giants had such a weakness, they had to move into the left side. Um, but Sewell could come in anchor the left side. Andrew Thomas could move and anchor the right side. Um, you know, and Sewell would be, a, you know, a franchise left tackle. You know, the Jonathan Ogden type players that could really anchor that line and, and help, you know, Saquon Barkley um, on offense. And then if you're a fan of Daniel Jones, it's going to buy him more time. If you're a fan of Darius Slayton, uh, it's going to buy Daniel Jones more time, and it's going to, you know, enable Darius Slayton to maybe hit some potential. Um, so, you know, some people might be clamoring for the Giants to take a quarterback, um, even though they took Daniel Jones. But they invested a, a, a top pick in Daniel Jones. They're not going to give up right away. And if they have the chance to take the best offensive tackle to protect him, they have to do that and and see if Daniel Jones is the guy that they thought he was to take him so early, whether we like it or not. Um, you know, they've got to invest and build around those quarterbacks. All right, number three, he's got Jacksonville Jaguars taking a quarterback that I mentioned, Justin Fields from Ohio State. Again, I think this guy is going to be an exceptional quarterback in the NFL. You know, I know they run the uh, the RPO in Jacksonville, but Justin Fields is just electric uh, with his legs, with his arm. He has the arm strength. Uh, to make any throw in the NFL. Uh, he is as accurate as you're going to find an NFL quarterback. Um, I, I think that after Trevor Lawrence, I don't think there's much of a fall. I mean, there is a drop-off, but Justin Fields is so talented. 
is very, very, very close. Um, you know, some people were, were clamoring for Gard- Gardner Minshew. He's not the answer. You know, he was a six-round pick, I think, out of Washington State. Uh, he's had his moments, but he is not a franchise quarterback like Justin Fields uh, is a franchise quarterback. Um, the only thing about Justin Fields is that he has a very small sample size. Okay, He didn't, he didn't play at Georgia. He didn't beat out uh, the guy that the Bills, I thought the Bills drafted him. Uh, I can't even think of his name. He was on the Netflix show. Someone out there listening to this has already said his name. So good for you. But, uh, you know, he couldn't beat him out. I don't know if it was a coaching decision. I don't know what it may have been. But uh, he didn't beat him out. So he transferred to uh, Ohio State. uh, And and once Dwayne Haskins left, um, you know, he took over. So, and, and, and... they did terrific in Ohio State, um, and, and he showed what type of quarterback he could be. So he he only has right now one year um, as a starter. But again, I, I was watching this kid as a junior in high school, so I, I've seen him before. I've seen what he can do. Uh, and, and again, playing the quarterback position, you know what it takes. And, and when you see things on the field done a certain way, these players just have that it factor. Um, and, and I think Justin Fields has it. You know, he's... 6'3", all right, he's a big boy, um, he's about 230 pounds, 220 pounds, you know, we won't know until, you know, the, um, the combine and, and when, when they weigh these kids, uh, but he'll be uh, about 22 years old uh, at this t- time of the NFL draft, um, and, I, and again, you know, he can do everything. He can run the football. He's as accurate as they come. He has the the arm to um, hit any throw on the field. I mean, he he's a much better runner than um, Lawrence. I mean, it, it's it's crazy how the NFL evolves uh, or these players evolve through the years. You know, when you when you have the quarterbacks that can pass, then you have evolves where the quarterbacks can run, then it evolves and the quarterbacks can pass and they can run. And then it gets to the point where the quarterbacks can run and they can also pass. So Lamar Jackson is the best scrambling quarterback in the NFL right now, but he lacks the touch of uh, of the NFL, what what you need to be, you know, that, that franchise-type quarterback, um, which, you know, that, that's, that's for another time. But Lamar Jackson will never hit his peak until he can become that that consistent thrower. Now, Justin Fields is not a runner like Lamar Jackson, um, but he like he has the passing accuracy of like like a Tom Brady, uh, and add in the rushing ability of not as good as Lamar Jackson or Michael Vick. Um, but I would say as good or better than Russell Wilson. So he's probably like a Russell Wilson on steroids. You know, Russell Wilson is smaller, uh, but Justin Fields is 6'3", uh, can run like like Russell Wilson. I mean, that's probably a very good comp, uh, Justin Fields, and just a younger version, a younger, bigger version of Russell Wilson. You know, Russell Wilson's only 5'11". Um, so that that's a huge difference. Um, a bigger, 
version of Russell Wilson, and who wouldn't want to have that on their their dynasty franchise? Uh, and if he goes to the Jaguars, he's surrounded by Visca Chenault. He's surrounded by DJ Chark. Uh, for those that like James Robinson, James Robinson would be there now. I, I have to believe that they would go to an RPO-type offense. Does James Robinson fit in that type of offense? You know, I have to do some research and, and see if James Robinson played that role in college. Uh, or what type of offense they ran in, I think, Illinois State or, or Indiana State, wherever he went. Um, so anyone that invested in him, and we talked about why it probably wasn't a good idea to invest a lot in him, because, again, this is an exact reason. If the Jaguars draft Justin Fields and they want to go to an RPO-type offense and James Robinson can't run that type of offense, he's not you know, as elusive as a back like J.K. Dobbins, uh, or some of these backs in, in, that really excel in RPO, the Jags are going to take chances on running backs in those type of systems in college, whether it's the third round or whether it's the fifth round or whether it's a bunch of unrestricted free agents or undrafted free agents or maybe some veterans that have run that type of offense before. And now they have nothing, no loyalty to James Robinson because they have no draft equity invested in him, right? So this is why... No matter how well a player does this year, if the Jacksonville gets a new coach next year, if they get a new quarterback next year, they completely change the offense. Whether you think James Robinson is good or not, the Jaguars are going to put the players in there that they, they feel run the offense the best. And that might not be James Robinson. All right? So think about that if you're thinking about going to James Robinson and giving up a high draft pick and how it could be affected if a, if a quarterback like Justin Fields goes to the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, in the draft. Number four, the Miami Dolphins. Uh, this was from the Houston Texans in a trade, uh, probably the Laramie Tunzel trade from last year. Uh, it, it has him selecting wide receiver Jamar Chase from LSU. Uh, Jamar Chase, for those that don't know, is an absolute beast. Uh, even last year, I knew Jamar Chase was going to be my number one wide receiver in this class. You know, I watched a lot of Justin Jefferson film and Jamar Chase just uh, just jumped off the page. Um, and, you know, Justin Jefferson is a more, the more flexible, I guess. Uh, Justin Jefferson can play multiple positions i don't know if jamar chase can do that um but there i wouldn't say that justin jefferson is better than chase i wouldn't say that chase is better than Ju justin jefferson i think they both have their strengths i think they're both going to be dy uh, dynasty wide receiver ones in the nfl um so there, there's not one that i'd rather have what i see in in um jamar chase is um, you know, he, he's probably, he's around six foot tall. I think he's six foot tall, six foot one, 200 something pounds. Uh, he reminds me of a Devonte Parker type player, uh, a big, you know, physical, uh, fast, uh, you know, explosive type player. Uh, and when I say big, I mean more type, um, muscular than you know than than like a, a big body um but it is ironic that they have him going to the dolphins because he reminds me uh, of some of the 
of just what I've watched him through the Justin Jefferson evaluation is he reminds me of a Devontae Parker type player. Uh, reminded me a lot of Devontae in college. Uh, and, and go into Miami where he can play alongside uh, Devontae Parker and Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, th- this helps any of the Tua Tagovailoa fans. You know, I talk about Preston Williams is, you know, a great buy low in Dynasty. And these are some reasons why you don't want to spend too much on these players because scenarios change so quickly. And that's why. Whenever I tell you to buy low on somebody, you want to jump on those players and get them at their lowest value because if you spend low value on a player and he doesn't pan out because something either happens to him or something happens to the situation, you are protected because you don't have a lot invested in that player. Okay, If you go out and you spend a lot of equity on a player like you give a number one pick for James Robinson or you or you give a number one pick for a player and and that player doesn't pan out James Robinson or, or whoever you are now without that first round pick to help you continue to build your team okay uh, and that really can set you back as a dynasty owner because it's going to have you chasing your tail um, your entire um, you know time in these leagues and at some point you're going to say i just can't catch up i I, i'm just drowning and i'm not having any fun anymore uh and and maybe this isn't you know a league for me i want to start over or or that's why you have people that quit leagues um maybe you'll you'll write it out no matter what happens but other people they try they they give up they chase players and they chase players and they chase players and when those players don't pan out they have nothing left Nothing left in the bank, no draft picks, no no trading uh, assets, nothing except a team of bums that, you know, had a few good weeks or, or a half a good season or a good season, and they just try to chase that. This is why we buy low, because if you buy a player um, at a second or maybe a third or a fourth round pick, uh, or, or you give a player on our bench that we don't really see having that high of upside for a player that we might see with some high upside, and then that player doesn't pan out and we're wrong, at least we didn't give too much equity. We still have plenty of ammo to to make trades or draft. And if you follow Roto Lounge, you find, follow the Dynasty Buzz, I'll lead you down the right path to, to get the right prospects. Uh, we won't hit on all of them. Um, some we'll hit on early. Some we're going to hit on late. Uh, but that will even itself out. Uh, and keep those draft picks. We're going to find these players. Uh, but but you don't chase that because if you paid high for Preston Williams and now Jamar Chase comes in, you got Devontae Parker on one side, you got Chase on the other side, Preston Williams will be either need to be moved to the inside to a slot position uh, or he's just going to be the odd man out uh, until an injury. So while we get Preston Williams at his low point, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. We're, we're still fine. He's still a depth piece in case an injury happens to Parker or an injury happens to Chase. But we didn't invest a lot, so we don't need him to start for us. We, we just now we have him as depth. We still have plenty of ammo. Uh, we're happy with the, the transaction that we made. This is why buying low is, you know, the way to win in fantasy football leagues. There are going to be uh, outlets that you listen to, that you read on Twitter that say buy high, that 
Uh, you could be buying high now, but it's because his ceiling is so much higher. Well, yes, that's true if you pick the right players, okay? But just like everything else we do, you don't always pick the right players. So if you go by a strategy of buying high and you're wrong more times than you're right, or even if you break even at 50-50, it's not a winning strategy, so when people say, well, you should go ahead and buy high, okay, if you want to buy high, you can buy high at your, your own regard, but if you're wrong, you're going to be fucked, okay? So be very, very cautious when you decide when you're going to buy high. Uh, I'm not going to say that you shouldn't ever buy high. I mean, frankly, I never buy high, ever, ever, ever. I don't buy high. I just wait uh, and, and maybe that's a fault of mine, but I will never buy high. If it means I'm going to take a loss, I'll take a loss. If it means I'm going to miss out on, on the Super Bowl, but I'm going to be even stronger next year and perhaps be able to run the table and win two years in a row, I'm going to do that. Okay, I'm never going to buy high because if I buy high and I'm wrong, then I'm fucked. Okay, if I just come off a championship and I have nothing to lose. Um, perhaps, you know, perhaps I, 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 I'm willing to buy high, but that never, ever, ever, rarely, rarely, rarely happens, if ever. Okay. Um, so my process is always buy low. So when I send out a tweet or something and say, get this guy now. You need to work on that for the next day or two and secure that player because I'm going to tell you to buy low when I think their value is at their all-time low. And that means they could go off the next day, right? We talked about buying Juju low. Uh, the next Sunday, he had 14 targets, okay? He only turned those eight into, I think, 87 yards. But if the potential, if he would have turned 14 of those into, you know, 10 for a buck 20 and a touchdown or two touchdowns, You've just lost your buy low window probably for at least the rest of this season because people are going to see his potential and even going into next season, right? So if I put out a buy low, you need to try to buy low then because I feel like that is probably their ultimate uh, buy low window. Buy it, you know, get it as you can then, but don't spend too much on those picks. And if you have any questions, DM me. I want to help you with trade advice. I want to, you know, uh, give you guys the best opportunity to get the best deals uh, to help you secure the best teams and, and crush your fantasy league. So keep me in mind when you're trying to trade and, and buy players low. While we're only at number five, I got to burn through this. I don't even know how long we're taking. We're at number five, Dallas Cowboys. Patrick Sertain, the second, his daddy was a stud for the Dolphins. Cowboys need defense. This doesn't really help our fantasy uh, teams that much. Um, if somehow Trevor Lawrence made it to the Cowboys and they let Dak go, which they, I would have to believe they would let Dak go that way. They'd secure Zeke. They'd secure Amari Cooper and wouldn't have to let him go. They'd have CD lamb. They'd probably try to move Gallup for someone else on defense. Uh, and if somehow Trevor Lawrence made it there, that would be insane. He would easily for me be the number one pick. Uh, over Najee Harris if he went to the Dallas Cowboys with all those weapons around him. Number six, Atlanta Falcons. They take uh, the Hurricanes edge, Gregory Russo. Uh, I know very little about him, uh, but I'm going to do some research on that. What, does it help the Falcons at all? No, uh, our fantasy teams, unless you're an IDP, uh, but I'm not you know, an IDP expert, so 
I can't help you there. Seven, the Washington Redskins, they take quarterback Trey Lance out of North Carolina. This guy has come on the scene, uh, was electric. I believe he he didn't even have an interception in college until he played one game this year. And I believe uh, it was a, like a one-game season or, or Lance decided that he only wanted to play one game. Um, he threw his first interception, I believe. Um, but he's only played one season. Um, and I believe, I think he was just a redshirt freshman. So really he's very young and, and very raw. Um, but he probably has some of the most or the highest potential in this class. Um, you know, I think that Trevor Lawrence has everything you want in a franchise quarterback. Uh, but Trey Lance has has the Russell Wilson, the Lamar Jackson, the Tom Brady type skills uh, that are all in one package. He's just very, very raw. Uh, so it's going to take him probably a while to really you know hone his skills like Lamar Jackson has. Uh, I haven't done a lot of evaluating on him, but... Uh, it, it appears that he has uh, day one starting potential. Um, as as a redshirt freshman, he had 42 total touchdowns. Uh, he had 28 of those were passing. And again, like I said, he, he didn't have any interceptions. Uh, he's got the NFL arm. He has the playmaking ability. Like I said, he's a Russell Wilson with a Lamar Jackson built in uh, with the rushing upside. Um you know, he played at North Dakota State, right? Something like that, North North Dakota State University. Um, so he's going to have to acclimate to the NFL. Uh, you know, I think Carson Wentz went there, uh, came in, looked great, and then he Carson Wentz has kind of gone downhill a little bit, uh, according to who you talk to, I guess I should say. Um, so he needs to get acclimated to the NFL. He, like again, he 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 only he's a very young player. He'll be only twenty one. Uh, once the draft hits, um, but he's coming out of that same type of system that Carson Wentz did. It's an NFL type system, so uh, he should be, you know, prepared for the NFL. Just kind of getting used to the speed of the players. Um, and and again, depending on where he goes, if he goes to the Redskins, Ron Rivera will have to get very creative with him. Uh, you know, they have a lot of holes to fill, but you pair him with Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin plus that defense. I think Ron Rivera would have a very exciting young, uh, NFL team, uh, a potential. If you look at best case scenarios, you have an Antonio Gibson, which is a Christian McCaffrey type back. You'd have Trey Lance, who is a Lamar Jackson slash Russell Wilson type quarterback. You have Terry McLaurin, who who's been an exceptional wide receiver since he entered the NFL. Uh, almost seems uncoverable at times. Um, what an exciting um, offense to be a part of um, for for Washington. So he is somebody. He he's not going to enter my top ten dynasty quarterbacks. Uh, he definitely has the upside, but. Um, you know, I'm not going to put him there for a while. He's going to have to come to the NFL and show me that he can translate to the NFL. Um, something that I know Trey Tra- Tra- or Trevor Lawrence can do. Uh, the Los Angeles Chargers pick eight. They're taking a quarterback, Kalev Farley, out of Virginia Tech. 
that doesn't really help us much, just stacking that Chargers defense a little bit. Uh, New England Patriots. It has them taking BYU quarterback Zach Wilson. You know, the, the Packers have been uh, pretty bad this year while uh, Tom Brady's leading the Bucks to a 6-2 and two record, I believe. The Patriots are like 2-5 and five, uh, or something uh, to that. Cam Newton, all he does is run the ball. He can't throw. That shoulder is done. You know, we talked about that in the in the offseason, why Cam Newton wasn't wasn't someone that we really were excited about this year. I, I even had Jarrett Stidham pegged to start over Cam Newton um, because Cam Newton can't throw anymore. Um, that shoulder was was on borrowed time, and now you see all he's doing is running the football. Uh, I, I'm sure they'll make a change at some point. I mean, Stidham is not as good as I thought he was. Uh, he definitely cannot throw the down and out because it seems like every time they, they call it down and out, he throws an interception. Uh, it happened all training camp, and as soon as they put him in last week uh, and they took Cam out and they put him in, they had him throw an out route and they threw an interception. I'm like, son of a bitch, like, the dude can't throw outs. Quit asking him to throw a fucking out. Uh, I think he's a good quarterback. Uh, I really do, but maybe he's just an NFL backup, um, you know, with with, with potential that, that maybe we, we'll never see. I don't know. Um, but you look at, you look at this, if the Patriots somehow able to get Justin Fields or, 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 or Trey Lance or, or Tr Trevor Lawrence, that would be, that would be incredible for them. Um, but with those three off the board, the Patriots, you know, maybe they look for another quarterback, you know, if it's not Cam, it's not Stidham. We know it's not, uh, Brian Hoyer, um, uh, you know, Zach Wilson, you know, he is, I know right now, like Mac Jones is getting a lot of hype on Twitter. Um, I've seen Ray, Ray talk about him. I've seen some other players or other uh, Twitter accounts talk about him. Uh, and he's kind of seemingly come out of nowhere. I mean, he played, you know, when Tua was injured last year, he did very well. But he's really, I, I think he's the Heisman front runner. Um, so... This might be kind of surprising that we see Zach Wilson over Mac Jones because probably a lot of people haven't even heard of Zach Wilson. Um, but you also got to talk about Kyle Trask. Uh, he He's shown up this year at Florida. Um, but, you know, Matt Miller is an NFL scout, and, you know, he knows more about these prospects right now than I do. And I'd have to say he probably knows more than a lot of the people on Twitter uh, about these prospects, whether he's right or whether he's not right, you know that's that's up for debate. But for him to think that you know Zach Wilson is a better NFL prospect or someone that the Patriots might rather prefer over a Mac Jones or or Kyle Trask, we're just going with the draft. You know, I don't have an opinion on it. Um, but you know, Zach Wilson is an athletic uh, quarterback. You know, he can make plays. Uh, with his legs as well, he's got the arm talent. He's six foot three, all right, two hundred pounds. He can make the downfield throws. He's got the mobility to scramble. He's a three-year starter at BYU. He's got the experience, right? Uh, the Patriots love having a quarterback um, that has, can have experience. I think Brady. I think he played five years at Michigan. Um, didn't start all his years, but, you know, he, he had experience. Um, 
maybe that's a bad example, but, um, you know, with the three years, there's going to be a lot of tape on him for the Patriots to review. Um, that could also be why, uh, Zach Wilson is ranked higher than Mac Jones because there's not a lot of tape on Mac Jones. Uh, there's not a lot of tape on Kyle Trask. Uh, so that could be a reason why we see a player like Zach Wilson go before those two, right? We talked about that earlier. There's not going to be a lot of, um, stuff to go on this year, a lot of film. So if you don't have film, perhaps some teams aren't going to be as in love with you as, you know, in, in prior seasons. So so this could be a reason why uh, Wilson is, is off the board um, before some of the other ones. Well, I'm going to stop and get a drink. So I am going to be right back. I'm going to get another cider, but a different brand. And stay tuned. All right, I'm back. This time I got a cider from Windridge Cider. Uh, and that's a Pennsylvania cider. The other one was Michigan. This was Pennsylvania. So we'll try this one. Now, this is a seasonal cider. It's called Mojito Hard Cider. And it basically says that it's fermented with juiced mint leaves, uh, toasted oat chips, and key lime juice for a summertime mojito flavor. Now, again, it's not the summer, but... It's a cider, and it's alcoholic, and that's good enough for us here at the Roto Lounge. This is a 6% ABV, uh, and we are going to try this bad boy. Nice pop. Let's drink out of the can first. Whoa, my. Whoa. Whoa. (laughs) Not even close to the other one. Not even close. It almost tastes like I'm drinking... When it first hits me, it's like a carbonated grass. Um, and then as it mellows out a little bit, it, it turns from the grassy taste to mint. So I can taste that mint and it feels more like a mojito. Uh, and then it's kind of sweet and dry at the same time on the on the, the finish. Um, but it, it makes you want to take another drink just to make sure that you just realize what you taste you confirm that you just tasted a carbonated bush uh you take another drink and as you're drinking out of the glass it smells like grass and and this time it tastes a little more like apple cider but you then have that faint hint of mint leaves so this one I don't like nearly as well. T- to me, the, the Blake's El Chavo was um, much, much better. Uh, and, and if I had to compare the two, I would go out and get a six-pack of El Chavo, uh, and I wouldn't even um, have the Windridge again. Maybe I just got a bad one, but I definitely wouldn't. I mean, there's nothing wrong with being creative, right? You want you want to be creative and, and have a mojito cider Right, you take a shot, you shoot your shot. Okay, for me it doesn't work. It doesn't work for me. Uh, give me the mango habanero. I'm a spicy guy, anyways. Give that to me all day long, every day. Back to the draft. Back to the draft. Not drinking um, on a grassy cider. The Minnesota Vikings picking at ten. 
you know, they could go quarterback. They could go quarterback with Kirk Cousins, but we're going by this draft, and, and they're taking offensive tackle Alex Leatherwood of Alabama. That is great for uh, protecting Kirk Cousins. It's great for helping Dalvin Cook. Uh, it's great for giving the quarterback time to hit our boy Justin Jefferson all day long, every day of the week, practice games. It doesn't matter. Number 11, the Bengals are taking another offensive tackle, Liam Etchenberg from Notre Dame. This is huge for Joe Mixon fans or Joe Mixon non-fans. Okay, he's he's living off his name. He's living off potential. Uh, they took an offensive lineman, Jonah Williams, with the first pick. He lost the entire season. He come back this year. Uh, if they add another offensive tackle, Liam Eichenberg and Mixon, they paid Mixon, so he's the franchise back. That's just one more offensive lineman to help open holes for that offensive line in Cincinnati. So it helps Mixon, all right? It helps Mixon. It's not going to change your opinion on Burrow. It's not going to change your opinion on T. Higgins. It's not going to change your opinion on Tyler Boyd. But it should change your opinion on Joe Mixon. So consider if you could buy Joe Mixon late, you got to believe that you know the Bengals are going to take an offensive lineman again. I don't know the difference between Liam Etchenberg and the guy just taken by the Vikings at um, Alex Leatherwood, but you could see you could see the Bengals try to trade up to get the better tackle, right? To make a a better run tackle for Joe Mixon. So now's the time to you know buy Joe Mixon low while he's on the shelf. We've seen his potential. The 128 yards and three touchdown game, uh, we've seen that potential. He has that potential every week. Give him an offensive line, it's fucking over, right? Get him while you can. He's still young, very young, uh, and, and he signed a big contract. No, no competition whatsoever in Cincinnati. Uh, hands down, he should one. He should be one of our. Uh, off-season targets in Dynasty. Get Joe Mixon. Get him now before he ends the season hot. The last, starting in week 10 to the rest of the year, he has a very favorable schedule. So if you want to get Joe Mixon, go offer, I mean, easily a first-round pick for Joe Mixon. Easily, if you say, I'll give you my first-round pick for Joe Mixon, uh, if you offer that to somebody, I would take Joe Mixon every single time. I don't care if it's the 1-1 and you miss on Najee Harris or Trevor Lawrence. I would rather have Joe Mixon all day, every day uh, for a first-round pick. Uh, so go try to get Joe Mixon. If you need help, DM me. 12, Carolina Panthers. They took cornerback Sean Wade out of Ohio State. Uh, you know, Doesn't really bode well for us in fantasy. 13, the Detroit Lions take linebacker Micah Parsons from Penn State. Uh, doesn't help us. Uh, the Lions could also be looking at a quarterback. They could surprise us at 13. They could take a quarterback. Matthew Stafford continues to get injured every single season. He's in COVID-19 now, so he's not injured, but he's missing time. Uh, but it could be an injury, and with the loophole this year, the Lions could put him on COVID uh, to free up a roster spot instead of putting him on the IR. Uh, so just because they're saying it's COVID, we don't know it's not an injury. Uh, 14, the Denver Broncos take offensive tackle Rashawn Slater from Northwestern. Doesn't help us too much. Wait, I, actually it does. Offensive tackle, uh, Melvin Gordon. I mean, we're not excited about Melvin Gordon. We're not excited about, um, oh man. 
half of the swallow is good, the other half is not good. But I, I'm gonna I'm gonna finish it. I'm gonna fight through it. Sorry if I'm offending anybody that's a fan of Windred Cider, but this mojito just isn't it for me. But let's say uh, Rashawn Slater, an offensive tackle, uh, is a great pass protector for Drew Locke. Uh, that would help us out because we love Corton Sutton. We love Jerry Judy. We love Noah Fant. And if you listen to the podcast, I, I can't every week tell you, hey, go get this guy. Go get that guy. But when you hear me talk about players I love, I love Corton Sutton. I love Jerry Judy. I love Noah Fant. If you have an opportunity to get these guys at a cheap price, get them. I don't have to tell you. If you hear that I love them, get them on your fantasy roster because I'm doing the same thing. Uh, so if this offensive tackle is a pass-blocking tackle, it's going to help Drew Locke. Give him time to to get the ball to our three favorite ball catchers on the Broncos offense. Number 13, the San Francisco 49ers are taking quarterback Kyle Trask from Florida. Uh, I whiffed on Jimmy G, okay? I apologize. Even late last season, I was like, buy Jimmy G. Buy him low, right? We're buying him low because if we're wrong, it's not going to cost us much, right? So I was getting Jimmy G at low points, never getting him after a three-touchdown game, never chasing any type of points, waiting for the value to dip, buying him low. I hyped him at the end of uh, last last season uh, after people were trying to sell him after the Super Bowl. I was like, collect him, get as many as you can. I was hyping him in redraft. I was like, this is the year for Jimmy G. He's got Ayuk and he's got Debo. Uh, he's got Kittle. Like, this is the year. And he disappointed a fucking again. All right, and all you out there saying, I told you so, Brad. Like, we told you that Jimmy G wasn't the answer. You were right. You were right. I was wrong. Uh, he's got another high ankle sprain. He just, he just, oh, man. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I mean, he's got an offensive line. He's got players, but I don't, I don't understand. I don't know. Like, he just shows potential, and then he just doesn't show potential. So, uh, according to this mock draft, the, the, the 49ers are giving up on Jimmy G. So, it's time for me to give up on Jimmy G. Maybe he gets traded back to the Patriots. Who knows? Um, but I, I think Tom Brady made the Patriots, so I don't really care who goes to the Patriots. We're not chasing. We're not chasing tight ends to the Patriots that are the next Gronk, okay? For years, we've been doing that. We're not doing that anymore, okay? That Gronk is special. Gronk is Gronk, okay? We're not going to chase quarterbacks anymore that go to New England. Tom Brady's gone. Tom Brady's gone. He was the stir, the straw that stirred the drink. He was the Patriots offense. Rob Gronkowski was special. So we're not, we're not, it doesn't matter if a quarterback goes to, New England. So if Jimmy G goes to New England, okay, he's not going to be the next Tom Brady. He's just going to be Jimmy G on New England and probably the same player, if not worse. The 49ers are turning the page. In this mock draft, they're going with quarterback Kyle Trask of Florida. He's a big duty, 6'5". He's 240 pounds. He's got the arm to hit every single pass uh, that is required in the NFL. Uh, he is athletic enough to, to show mobility, to run the ball, uh, he can get outside the, you know, the pocket. He can extend plays when it's needed. He's not a statue back there, uh, and he's very accurate down the field. That is his downfield accuracy is very impressive. Uh, he's very good in that regard. Um, 
you know, Kyle Shanahan uh, coached Matt Ryan in Atlanta. Kyle Trask is a similar prospect uh, to Matt Ryan. Not as good, not nearly as good as Matt Ryan was. I don't want to, I don't want to confuse anybody. Uh, you know, I'm kind of suspect on Kyle Trask. He kind of came out last year. He's doing pretty well this year. I have to do a lot more research on him. Um, but he he is similar to a Matt Ryan type player. Uh, and, and Kyle Shanahan could say, you know what? I'm moving on from Jimmy G. I got some some playmakers uh, as pass catchers. I need someone that can get them the football down the field. Uh, and, and he may go with with a quarterback. All right, number 16, the Miami Dolphins are taking uh, defensive end Joseph Osei from Texas. Okay, that doesn't really help us too much uh, as far as fantasy. All right, 17, the Las Vegas Raiders take defensive lineman Jordan Davis uh, out of Georgia. That doesn't help us. 18, another quarterback. All right, this is number five, right? We had Trevor Lawrence. We had Justin Fields. We had Trey Lance. Uh, we had Zach Wilson. Uh, we had Kyle Trask. Okay. Uh, was there another one? Nope. It was Zach Wilson. Uh, was number number four. And then now it's Kyle Trask. So five quarterbacks in the first round. Um and then Mac Jones to the Bears at 18. All right. This is quarterback six. Six quarterbacks in the first round, right? Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, Kyle Trask, number six, Mac Jones. Okay. I can't count. The Siders are starting to hit. Uh, I had a couple beers before that, so I'm feeling good right now. Try not to piss anybody off. If I pissed you off yet, I'm sorry. Uh, not trying to piss you off. Just enjoying myself, drinking some ciders in my Angry Orchard cider glass. I have a cider glass that's carved for cider. Don't be jelly. All right. Uh, so Mac Jones getting a lot of hype this year. Sat behind Tua Tagovailoa. We didn't get a lot of chance to see him. Uh, in some spot duty last year, he looked really well. But then you're like, oh, he only looks good because of his surrounding cast. He's got Jerry Judy. He's got Henry Ruggs. He's got Najee Davis. He's got Jalen Waddle. Of course, he's going to look good. Well, he's come out this year, and he's looked exceptional as well. He doesn't have Judy. He doesn't have Ruggs. Yes, he has Jalen Waddle. Yes, he has Devonta Smith, who could both be first-round picks. Uh, they both have the talent to be first-round picks. Uh, but he is looking great. Uh, he has looked, uh, to show a bunch of improvement from last year to this year. Um, he's a great downfield thrower, great, great downfield accuracy. Um, probably one of the best, if not the best in this class, uh, very good downfield thrower. Uh, he has the pocket awareness. He can feel pressure. He can move around. Uh, he can read defenses very well, it seems. Uh, again, that that that's a big weakness for a lot of players, and I think that uh, it's affecting Gardner Minshew a little bit, reading defenses. Uh, he can get confused easily. Um, I think uh, Jones is more than just, 
you know, a guy who's just going to help you not lose, right? There, There's quarterbacks like that that are just going to kind of manage the game so that you don't lose. Uh, I, I think he's a guy that can uh, get the ball with two minutes left and drive you down and win a football game. Uh, and, and, again, I think he can can hit every every throw on the field. Uh, he's got the arm strength and he's got the accuracy. Uh, and, and Nick Foles, if Chicago uh, moves on from Nick Foles and, and Mitch Trubisky, you know, moves on as well, Mac Jones could be the face of the Chicago Bears. Uh, and, and those that are liking the young Bears receivers, uh, Robinson and, and Mooney, uh, and, and Miller, any of those players, obviously a uh, a fresh start at quarterback is, is always a good thing for for those players. Uh, and again, we'll we'll break down Mac Jones and see if we think he's an NFL quarterback or not. Um, and, and we'll when the time is there, but that could affect those players as well. So if you see any buy low windows and you think they're going to Bears are going to go after quarterback, I mean. Darnell Mooney is not a buy low right now. There's a lot of hype around him. Well, at least in, in the Twitter Twitter sphere. Again, I haven't hyped him at all. Uh, I, I'm not. I mean, yes, he's electric at four three speed, but uh, the only thing I really like about him is that he takes it very very seriously. Uh, it seems like he wants to be good. Um, so you have to give guys like that credit. Uh, and but again, I'm not buying right now because the price is just too high for for I think what he offers us right now. Uh, unless you got unless you got players that don't know who he is. And you can get him for a fourth or a third round pick. Yes, you you do that um, all day, every day. Number 19, the Eagles, they're going back to wide receiver. I just talked about this wide receiver, Jalen Waddle. Uh, he did uh, dislocate his ankle, um, which is, oh, man, it, it's it's huge for, for uh, a huge blow, I should say, for him. Uh, in the recovery process, I think it's like an eight to nine month um, process. Uh, but he is probably one of the most, if not the explo- most explosive player in the class. Uh, electric speed. Uh, I think he's a kick returner, a punt returner. Um, you know, very, very, very exciting player. Um, I don't think he is on. Uh, Jamar Chase's level as far as an NFL wide receiver. I think that Jalen Waddle is definitely a playmaker. Um, but again, there there's a place for playmakers. Uh, if I if I thought that Jamar Chase was dynasty wide receiver number five, uh, Jalen Waddle could easily be wide receiver number six, right? Because they they both offer different types of. Uh, abilities and what they bring to our fantasy teams. Uh, and Jalen Waddle is definitely the big play type of receiver. Um, I think he's probably a more polished version of Henry Ruggs. Uh, he's not as fast as Henry Ruggs, uh, but he's very fast nonetheless. Um, but we, we go back to that ankle injury. Um, you know, it's going to take him a while to recover from that. Do teams balk at that? Um, is this why he's dropped this far? Um, should he have been drafted higher or healthy? Should he have been drafted over Jamar Chase? I'm sure there's going to be there's going to be pro, uh, talent evaluators, prospect evaluators that say Jalen Waddle is the wide receiver one in this class. Um, you can't argue it, 
right? You might be able to question it and say, well, well I think Jamar Chase might be a little better. I think Rondell Moore might be a little better. Um, but you can't argue it because there's definitely a case that Jalen Waddle could be the best wide receiver in this class. He definitely has all of um, the abilities to, to, to do that. Uh, he performed – I mean, he almost – has Henry Ruggs' uh, stats to a T. Um, I mean, I mean, they're. I don't think that either one of them ever hit a thousand yards. I think they've been around seven to nine hundred yards. Um, but again, they're both very, very explosive players, uh, and, and and that's what you want in fantasy, right? You want players that can score from anywhere on the field. Um, another thing you might have to worry about Jalen Waddle is his size. Uh, he's only like 180 pounds, right? 5'10", 180. So he's he's a, a, a thin guy um, and, and could make him fragile in the NFL, right? He, you know, he dislocated his ankle. That's a freak accident, but he could be fragile in the NFL. So you also have to consider stuff like that. Uh, but I think he's a complete receiver. I think he can do it all. He's the home run threat. They got Jalen Rager, Um Jalen Waddle might even be a better prospect than Jalen Rager. Uh, and, and I know there's a lot of people high on Jalen Rager, uh, but Jalen Waddle could be a better prospect. And you put those two together on the same offense, uh, Howie Roseman might be like, you know, fuck y'all. You make fun of me for taking, you know, J.J. Arcega Whiteside. Uh, I got this fucking reject Travis Fulgham starting for me. Uh, fuck y'all. I'm just going to go wide receiver again. And you made fun of me because I passed on DK Metcalf. Well, you're making fun of me because I passed on Justin Jefferson. Well, fuck y'all. All All right. Because I'm going after another wide receiver and I need to hit these because I'm tired of y'all making fun of me. So give me Jalen Waddle and fuck y'all. Okay. So that will boost Carson Wentz if he's starting. That will boost Jalen Hurts if you're a Jalen Hurts fan. It's going to boost Jalen Rager because if, 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 if Jalen Waddle's better, then that's going to take coverage off of Jalen Rager. Uh, obviously, that'll be bad that you projected Jalen Rager to be a star, but it's going to help Jalen Rager see better, you know, matchups, which is going to be bode well for scoring better fantasy points, whether it's at RB two or wide receiver two or wide receiver one. Um, so that's gonna you. Hey, it'll it'll be good for Miles Sanders, right? If he's a if you got Jalen Rager and Jalen Waddle both on the outside that can both take it to the house at any time, you're going to be backing up linebackers. You're going to be backing up safeties, right? And what's that going to do for Miles Sanders? It's going to create uh, opportunity for him to make plays. It's going to create passing opportunities for him to receive the ball out of the backfield. Um, so this definitely would help any of the Philadelphia skill players for fantasy football. Uh, 21. The Jaguars are taking from the from the Los Angeles Rams, uh, so that must have been in the Jalen Ramsey deal, I guess. That's the only thing I can think of. They're taking an offensive tackle from North Dakota State, Dylan Reduns. Uh, so that's good if they get Justin if they get Justin Fields. Uh, it bodes well for their running back if it's James Robinson or whoever. Um, now I don't know if. Travis Etienne or Najee Harris or Chuba Hubbard or any of those players, Journey Brown. I don't know what's going on with him. If none of those are in the first round, we're not going to talk about those players. But damn, Etienne is going to be electric in the NFL. Um, you know, and Chuba Hubbard as well. So 
if Jaguars have a chance at one of those electric running backs and they pair him with Justin Fields and they start adding offensive linemen and they have the wide receivers, and I probably said Jaguars again, again funny, the Jags, um, you know, it could be an exciting offense, you know. Maybe James Robinson sticks around. Maybe he doesn't. Uh, 22, the Indianapolis Colts are taking uh, an edge rusher, Carlos Basham Jr. from Wake Forest. That doesn't help us. Uh, let's see. 23, the Cardinals are taking another offensive tackle. Spencer Brown from Northern Iowa. This helps Kyler Murray. This helps any type of run game they want to uh, be able to, to create. Uh, so consider that at 23 offensive tackle. Um, again, they're not going to be getting any electric players. They're set at wide receiver. I actually think I actually think this might be a hot take. I actually think the Cardinals are, are going to try to get Travis Etienne. Uh, and, and they could get him as early as the first round. I would not be surprised if the Arizona Cardinals selected Travis Etienne at 23 overall. Um, you know, Kenyon Drake hasn't. Daniel or David Johnson wasn't what they thought. Kenyon Drake hasn't become what they thought. Uh, Chase Edmonds is the next man up. Uh, you know, I don't know if his body is is. I know for a fact his body can't handle uh, the pounding of an every down NFL back. Uh, and I don't think Eno Benjamin is the answer. So Cliff Kingsbury, as much as he likes electric offenses and fast playmakers, I would not be surprised if the Arizona Cardinals select Travis Etienne in the first round of the NFL draft uh, and, and skip this offensive tackle here. Uh, but that's just me. Either way, uh, offensive tackle is good for Kyler Murray. So I wouldn't invest too much in Chase Edmonds and Kenyon Drake right now because I believe the Cardinals are going to try to get a fast, electric, young running back uh, in the draft. 24, Baltimore Ravens are taking edge rusher. Uh, Quitty Pay from Michigan, that doesn't help us. The Green Bay Packers, here we go. 25, they're taking wide receiver Sage Surratt from Wake Forest. Okay, he's going over Rondell Moore, which is very um, interesting for me. Um, I don't think I, I've actually I've actually done some research on Sage Sherratt, and I don't think he's an NFL wide receiver. I really don't. Um, and and again, uh, I don't know what Matt Miller is sees in this. Whether it's something that uh, Matt Lafleur likes, uh, whether it's a good fit for that offense for Jordan Love or for Aaron Rodgers. Again, I don't know. Um, what how he sees this as a fit you know sometimes when matt miller does his mock drafts he doesn't do what he thinks he may do what he's talked to other scouts about uh what other coaches have said uh and, and puts players uh, on teams that just what he's heard not what he thinks so say Sherrod, i don't think he's a very good prospect um and we can get into that. Um, but again, right now, Devontae Adams is an absolute beast. Aaron Rodgers seems to only want to throw to Devontae Adams. And again, I know MVS scored twice this last game. Um, but it seems like there's so many wide receivers in and out of that offense, uh, whether it's Alan Lazard or, or MVS or, or James Jones or whoever it's been, uh, Equimina St. Brown, Randall Cobb, you know, all these guys, it doesn't matter. Um, I don't think Sage Sherratt is um, NFL NFL material. I, I really don't. Um, and we'll get into that in, in the breakdown. But 
I'm not impressed with him as a prospect right now. And again, that could change, but right now I'm not impressed. Uh, 26, Tennessee Titans uh, offensive lineman, Trey Smith. All right, that's going to help Derrick Henry. That's going to help uh, pass protect for um, Ryan Tannehill, right? So that helps A.J. Brown, Corey Dillon, Jonu Smith, any of the other players on Tennessee that you like. Offensive linemen are always good for for play for teams that we have their skill players. Uh 27, the New Orleans Saints are taking Rashad Bateman. Uh he looked very good last year alongside Tyler Johnson. I mean, they, they both look very good. Uh Rashad Bateman looked more like the the alpha, uh the the alpha wide receiver in the NFL, while Tyler Johnson looked more like, you know, the beta, the the wide receiver two in the NFL. Um, so you, you want to talk about pairing Michael Thomas and Rashad Bateman. Again, I don't know if he gave Rashad Bateman because he thinks Michael Thomas is going to be traded. Um, I don't think so. I don't think, I don't think there's any issues with Michael Thomas in New Orleans. Uh, I believe the guy that he got in a fight with was the same one that, uh, Javon Wims or, or whoever that was started punching in the middle of the game. Uh, so I think there's some dirty stuff going on with that defensive back. Uh, there were reports that he was spitting on players. So, you know, if he was spitting on players and, you know, there was a fight and the coaches said something to Michael Thomas and he's like, fuck you, Sean Payton, that's probably why he got suspended. It probably isn't because they got into a scuffle. Uh, this defensive back is is probably just dirty. But, you know, Michael Thomas is like, look, dude, I've carried this offense for years. Uh, so I deserve my respect so if i tell you this guy's spitting in my face and i want to beat his ass like don't come at me at michael thomas or i'm gonna tell you to fuck off as well uh, i don't think he's having any time i know he's got twitter beef all the time but I, I think i think michael thomas is fine i don't think he's going anywhere so i don't know if this draft of rashad bateman is due to the fact they think michael thomas is going to be leaving um but if they don't pairing these two together uh you know i kind of was into traquan smith only as the last pick in the draft, second to last pick in the draft. You know, I hype these guys because they're basically free. Uh, it doesn't mean I always expect them to, to be top 25 unless I, you know, I, unless I call them out to be top 25. But Traquan Smith hasn't performed like I thought. He, he shows the signs, but he's just not consistent. So, you know, Emmanuel Sanders is damn near 40. So, you, you know, you, you bring another young receiver in. Uh, our guy, Marcus Callaway. Uh, he's already banged up, so so um, you can't really bet on that. Uh, there's no one else really there. So if the Saints want to go with another wide receiver, whether Breeze decides he wants to come back another season, you give him more talent to throw the ball to. Uh, you, you talk about um, adding a player like Rashad Bateman. Uh, he He's basically similar to Michael Thomas. I mean, he's great at... Uh, getting position on the field for the football, uh, which is great for Drew Brees. Um, you know, he's faced some of the best defensive backs in college, right? So the tape shows that he can beat NFL-type uh, cornerbacks. Uh, he can win after the catch, uh, yards after the catch. Um, you know, if, if Drew Brees comes back, Michael Thomas and Rashad Bateman would be deadly uh, for the Saints' office. I think Bateman could come in and be a starter uh, from day one. Uh, I think he's that good. 
Um, but again, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, I'd be excited about. Um, I'd be excited about that. I'm not saying he'd be the top receiver in the draft, um, especially with Michael Thomas there. Uh, but fantasy wise, I definitely would rather have him above. Uh, you know, Sage Surratt. Uh, give me a break. Uh, and, and I, 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 I. I would probably even want to have him ahead of Jalen Waddle due to the ankle injury, uh, and then we'll talk about Rondell Moore whenever we break break his prospect down. Uh, so the next pick, uh, twenty eight, the Buffalo Bills take a linebacker that doesn't help us. Uh, twenty nine, the Buccaneers take a defensive end from Pittsburgh, Patrick Jones, the second that doesn't help us. Unless you're playing in kicker defensive leagues then you want to get um you want to get on the bucks defense the bucks defense is really good this year they need a few more playmakers this defensive end might be a playmaker um but they're going to have the offense they're going to have uh the receivers they're going to have brady uh they just need that electric defense number 30 the kansas city chiefs take tight end pat Fairmuth out of penn state uh, Travis Kelsey, right? Uh, this would not really do much. Travis Kelsey probably has a good two to three years left, uh, which is fine. These tight ends typically take a few years to develop. Um, you know, Travis Kelsey is old, um, so it, it, it's not a, a bad idea to go ahead and stack probably one of the best tight ends in the class. Um, you know, I think that... Uh, the tight end out of Florida, uh, the tight end out of uh, Miami. Uh, again, I'm at a loss of words for some of these guys. Uh, I think those two are really good prospects. Um, so this guy here, uh, he's nicknamed Baby Gronk. Okay, uh, so he, he's a he's a red zone player. Uh, you know, he would be. Someone that would uh, learn from Kelsey, but but could perhaps turn into the next tight end one in fantasy, which would be crazy. Um, it would probably be good for fantasy because if this guy went to Kansas City, nobody's going to spend a high draft pick on him in your drafts because Travis Kelsey's there. Um, so he would fall, right? He'd fall in fantasy drafts. Uh, you take him in your second round of fantasy drafts. Knowing you're going to stash him. If you have taxi squads, put him on the taxi squad. Uh, let him learn from Kelsey. Uh, and, and in three years, two years, you know, you have, you know, a stud at tight end because Pat Mahomes is there. Um, so, you know, it, it, it would be bad for Kelsey owners. It would be good for fantasy owners because, you know, most likely he would fall in, in fantasy draft. Oh, I know for a fact he'd fall in fantasy drafts uh, because no one's going to take him over some prospects that could be starters from day one. Uh, so, so it would be really, really good value. Um, so, hey, we'll see what happens. 31, the New York Jets from Seattle. Wide receiver Rondale Moore from Purdue. Uh, I talked in the last podcast that I think the Jets would make a splash at wide receiver, whether it's going after Juju uh, or another free agent wide receiver uh, to pair with p perhaps uh, Trevor Lawrence if they get him. Uh, but here, if they go wide receiver, Rondell Moore, I mean, a, a, just a, a terrific player. Again, I think he has one year, one year of college tape was 
was electric. Uh, his second year, that's when he tore his ACL. Uh, he hasn't played at all this year. Uh, very electric. Uh, probably he'll match Jalen Waddle for the, the most electric player in this class. Um, you know, he got injured in 2019. I think he tore his ACL. Uh, he hasn't played this year. Uh, and that could be a reason why he slips in draft board uh, on the NFL draft board. Um, and then obviously draft cap capital could affect fantasy uh, players' opinions. Um, you know, he has he has potential to be the top wide receiver in this class. So I think that Rondell Moore, I think that um, um, Jamar Chase, and I think Jalen Waddle all have potential to be the top wide receiver in this class. I don't think that um, Sage Surratt um, or Rashad Bateman have the potential to be the wide receiver one in this class. But I think Rondell Moore does. I think Jalen Waddle does. And I think Jamar Chase does. And I think Rondell Moore probably falls this far due to that injury uh, of his ACL and the fact that they haven't seen him play since. Um, so so a team might not want to take a, a high chance on him. Uh, but he is a weapon that can take it to the house from anywhere on the football field. Um, you know, the Jets do have Denzel Mims. I'm not high on Denzel Mims. Uh, but he's another speed burner, so they would have two speed burners uh, to go with Trevor Lawrence, who were taking number one anyways in our fantasy drafts, motherfucker. Number 32, he's got Pittsburgh Steelers. That means he has uh, Seattle and Pittsburgh in the Super Bowl. So Matt Miller is projecting the Seattle Seahawks and the Pittsburgh Steelers in the Super Bowl, and he has the Pittsburgh Steelers winning because they picked 32. And this is a joke. He has them taking wide receiver Chris Olive from Ohio State, who is very, very good. Um, but they have Juju. They have Chase. They have Deontay Johnson. Um, you know, I, I guess if they win the Super Bowl, a lot can happen. They can say, see you, Juju. We don't need you. We just won a Super Bowl. We're going to rebuild. Hey, and maybe we take a wide receiver. But he probably didn't put any trades in this. If Pittsburgh wins the Super Bowl and they're sitting at 32 and the best player for them they feel is a wide receiver, I'm sure they're going to trade out of this pick, drop back down to the second round, and, and probably take Chris Olave in the second round. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if he's a, a first-round talent. Um, I know he can run routes very good. Um, probably one of the best one-on-one -on -one corner or one-on-one -on -one receivers in the draft. If you put a cornerback on him, he can probably he can hold his own against any uh, defensive back. Um, not very fast, uh, but excellent at creating separation. Uh, and again, we don't know what the Steelers are going to do at quarterback. Uh, obviously, if the, the Steelers took a wide receiver number one or in the first round, it's going to hurt uh, the values of Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson. It just will, right? No matter how good you think those guys are, neither one of them was a first-round draft pick, right? So if you get guys that have already proven themselves, you throw in a first-round draft pick wide receiver, that receiver is going to see the field. I don't care how good uh, Chase, Chase Claypool or... Deontay Johnson might be um, 
the first round pick is going to see the football field because they're paying him a hell of a lot of money from day one and he's going to see the field. Uh, so I'm going to have to start looking into him a little bit because if Matt Miller has him projected as, as a first round pick, uh, he's much better than I originally thought. Um, so that is our first round of the NFL mock draft. According to Mo Matt Miller, Bleacher Report, uh, follow him. You can find him on Twitter somewhere, NFL draft scout or something like that. Um, let me see if I can find it. No, it doesn't have his Twitter but I think he's at NFL Draft Scout, something like that. Um, you know, we'll we'll do fun we'll do fun scenarios like this again if we see some some college prospects rising and moving up draft boards. I, I'll, maybe I'll have a little segment and talk about them um, and, and kind of get you guys prepared. But hopefully, we're winning right now in our fantasy leagues. Hopefully, you're doing enough. Uh, to make that run at the Super Bowl, your fantasy Super Bowl. Again, we're not tearing down our teams and rebuilding. We're not chasing uh, and buying high. Um, it's bad process. If you have any questions, DM me. You can find me on Twitter. On Twitter, my main account, at Roto Lounge. All right? This Twitter account, at Dynasty Buzz. All right, you can find me on Instagram. I haven't been posting as much, um, but you can find me there, Roto, Roto underscore Lounge, YouTube, Roto Lounge. You can see some of my old videos. I haven't posted anything recent. Uh, I, I so wish that I had more time uh, to do this. I mean, I I, I enjoy uh, all the things that I get to do when I'm not on the mic, uh, so it makes it hard to uh, find time uh, to get on the mic. I know we have a lot of people on Twitter grinding, and I want to do that. I really want to be really, really consistent for you guys. Uh, but I also I don't want to get burned out, and I don't want to alienate anybody. Uh, my wife is a saint; she's very supportive, uh, and uh, you know I don't want to mess that up. So any chance I get to to get behind the mic and talk to you guys, I love it. Please show me some love, man. You know, I get behind the mic because I want to help you guys. I enjoy it. It's my time to, to drink and, and talk football, and I enjoy it. Uh, but, again, I do it for you. Uh, so, please take time. Give me a review on Apple iTunes under the podcast. Give me a review, uh, a rating and a review. Follow me on YouTube. Just, just subscribe. Get my subscriber count up. Uh, like some of my videos. Uh, the more that you guys like and, and, and interact with that, uh, the way the algorithms work, other people will be suggested my stuff, uh, and it's going to give me a bigger platform and opportunity to reach more people, uh, which obviously is what we want in this line of work. We want to, you know, be able to have our, our outreach, you know, far and wide. So with your help, leave me a review. If I see it, uh, on the dynasty buzz, I'll give you a shout out. Uh, I'll look at the Roto Lounge ones. If I see it on Roto Lounge, I'll give you a shout out. Uh, make sure you subscribe to both podcasts. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed the, the, the ciders tonight. Tonight was a cider night. Normally it's a craft cocktail, but tonight was a cider night. Uh, we'll do craft cocktails next time, hopefully. Uh, for the El Chavo Mango Habanero and the Woodbridge Windbridge Cider Mojito. This has been your host, Brad Starks. 
This has been the best dynasty podcast on the airwaves, helping you crush your dynasty team uh, and your your leagues, winning your Super Bowls. Uh, Until next time, cheers. Cheers.